0: well then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Cutback weeks or down weeks. If you haven't had one in a while, you should probably take one. We are amidst marathon training cycles for a lot of fall races or just in the middle of summer training for a lot of people are training really hard right now in building up their mileage and doing a lot of workouts we don't want to be feeling completely exhausted from our training just yet because the taper is still a couple of weeks away, and we want to make sure we can get there feeling good. It's really hard for athletes to take an extra rest day or to do these cutback weeks during training mentally because they're kind of worried um, that it might negative impact their training. And so today we're just going to take a deep dive into the benefits of taking some time off or a cutback week um, during your training cycle and why you should probably be incorporating them more often than you think that you should. Um, They're one principle of training that are often overlooked um, because sometimes people don't feel like they need to take one, but that doesn't mean that there are not benefits and that they're not super important to take on a regular basis once a month. Um, So I have with me today Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here at Run for PRs, He's been coaching for over a decade now and he knows a lot of the benefits of a cutback week and it's just something that we always put in our athletes' training cycles and it's something that we also do ourselves as um, athletes throughout our training cycles. Personally, um, I've completed 19 marathons and I think Jason has done about uh, over 10. Um, And so they're just a key cornerstone into training. And we're just going to talk a little bit about the benefits. Um, so Jason, I'll kick things off with a question for you. Uh, do you think it's good to be running every day? Um, and how much is too much when it comes to running every day? And is that something, you know, even with you with 25, 30 years of running experience, um, like when does it become too much? And is there ever a point where an athlete can like reach a place where they can run every day. Um, what is ideal and how do you know?
1: Yeah, this is such a loaded question. Um, because obviously what we know about runners is that we're all on this like wide range of spectrum, right? Like nobody's like another person. So it's, um, you know, I've, I've read books where even elites will, will probably end up taking, um, three to five days off during like a traditional, uh, 16 week buildup for a marathon. So you know their coach will schedule those those 3 or 5 days kind of usually after a very hard session like a long run or after like a race maybe they do like a half marathon something like that so even even elites take rest days um i know that there's people out there that that don't want to you know they want to do a run streak or whatever where they want to run 7 days a week pretty much every day of the month um and so again the the answer is just going to be about you know your experience how long you've been running what has your background been as far as like number of marathons um How consistent your weekly mileage has been you know year after year um i don't think that we need to be running every day from i would say the majority of my you know athletes that i coach um you know they have one rest day scheduled um it's very rare and even the ones that want to run seven days a week i you know i've been able to convince them that they should at least have a rest day during their cutback weeks so cutback weeks would be every two to three weeks and we'll pencil in a rest day there Um, but I have, you know, a fair amount of my athletes do one rest day every week. Some even do two or more. And so I personally usually take one day off every week. That's just kind of what I've done. And, um, it's usually the day after a long run for me. So yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good, um, summary there. And I think for a lot of athletes, you know, when you start running, you are know, only running a couple of days a week and you know, you're running three, four days a week. And when you build up, You get to a point where it's like oh i'm running four days a week and then it's five days um and then you know six days and a lot of people think like the next logical step after you know running five days a week is to just keep piling on the load and and i think there becomes a point in a lot of athletes journey where it's like okay um what's next or like what's the next logical step here and sometimes really ends up happening with athletes, you know, after a couple of years of running is that they reach a sweet spot. And so that's gonna be like a mileage sweet spot where you know maybe you're at like 45 miles a week. And when you go above that, um you don't see positive results. And in fact, the opposite might happen. And so the same thing goes for running. So maybe you're running five, six days a week. Right now you feel great, you're improving, um, but you want to reach that next level. So you you say, okay, I'm gonna run seven days a week um, and then you don't improve. Uh, and so that's usually the trend that we see is people, they reach kind of this, this point, um, you know, five, six days a week, and then they want to push it, um, and just pushing it too much and also pushing it too much too soon. So maybe you're at four days a week and you want to, you're jumping up to six. Um, it's just bad things can start to happen and, you know, you get so much benefit right away, you know, so there's a lot of diminishing returns. You get so much benefit from jumping just from two days of running per week. To four days, but then when you add in like a fifth day, you don't really see as big of a return, right? You add in a sixth day, you might not even see a benefit. Um, you jump to seven days a week, and I often see people not improve. Um, in order to be running seven days a week, I would say, you know, you you got to be well within a Boston qualifying range. I mean, you're probably talking someone who's at the fitness level where you could run a BQ time with a 20 minute buffer um, in order to even see gains from that seventh day. Um, what ends up happening, you know, your human body can run seven days a week. So it's totally humanly possible. Uh, but what we typically see is that you're not gonna improve. So you're either going to get worse um, over the series of, you know, a year, you're, you're gonna slowly see um, a decline in performance, or you're just going to flatline, you're not going to get better. Um, And that's unfortunate because, you know, typically someone who's running seven days a week, they're doing it because they want to improve, right? So um, you can kind of get yourself into a never ending cycle of, you know, performing worse. And then sometimes that leads to a frustration of, hey, I'm working harder, I'm running more, but I'm not improving Um, And then, you know, when someone suggests maybe you should do a little bit less, uh, there's a lot of um, tension there because they say, well, I'm working so hard already. Why would doing less um, help me to perform better? And I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, overworking yourself and understanding um, just how growth happens and how the human body responds to stress. Um, You can't improve unless you have that rest component. And so it's stress plus rest equals growth. I mean, everyone has different stress in their life and everyone has a different amount that they're able to rest. And so that's why, you know, your friend who maybe has five kids and she homeschools and she works from home, she can only, you know, maybe handle 30 miles a week because she doesn't have enough um, rest in her life to, you know, do more and improve. Whereas someone who maybe has a desk job and, lives alone, um, has extra time to rest and recover, can maybe handle, you know, 50, 60 miles a week um, with the same fitness level because she's able to recover from that load. And so it's all just taking it very personally and looking at your life and not anyone else's and figuring out, you know, what's gonna work for you. But definitely, I think, you know, seven days of running per week, probably most people aren't, that's not really like the goal, I don't think. The goal is to... Improve, right? Or to feel good when you're running and to be excited about your training. Um, and so sometimes I think people get caught in the trap of more is better, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, so, yeah. And I guess, you know, when we're on the topic of, you know, sometimes seeing that negative decline, you know, I've been there. I once had, I've done a couple of run streaks, uh, but my longest one was 550 days. So, you know, it was almost, it was like a year and a half, almost two years. Um, And during that time, you know, I did improve. The first year of that run streak was my best year of running. Um, Then the following year was one of my worst years of running. And so I think getting caught in that trap of, well, I improved so much, you know, the first year doing it, but it's like my body eventually kind of broke down. So I guess, Jason, for you watching that and watching other athletes, um, how long do you think an athlete can go before seeing they're running, have this negative impact from not resting enough. Um, you know, like me, I said, you know, I could win a whole year yeah. without seeing any sort of, and honestly, it was probably a little longer than a year, you know, but at what point can most people kind of start to see that? And what are some red flags before you reach, you know, that, uh, hole that you've dug for yourself? Can you maybe stop it from happening?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, this is going to depend on the level that you're at. So for athletes that are pretty new to running, I mean, it may only take four to six weeks and we can already start to see, um, you know, they may feel really good on weeks like two, three, four, five, because they're increasing. But then all of a sudden weeks, you know, six, seven, eight come around and they're, you know they're feeling tired or just worn down or maybe something flares up injury wise and so i think for a new runner it can just take a number of short weeks and then for maybe a more intermediate runner probably somewhere along the the, the range of like 2 to 6 months um and for victoria since she was so experienced you know you you probably like you said a year i think that that sounds about right you know a lot of um you know even like semi elite athletes if they're doing training cycles they may they just may have like a really good um, year where they maybe do two, two races and it's two cycles back to back and they're feeling strong, they're feeling fit. Well, then what happens is your body just starts to, you know, need that natural break. And so I think it's best if we just sprinkle in, you know, kind of those rest days throughout. Um, but again, knowing where, knowing your experience level, knowing what your goals are and kind of what you've done in the past, what's worked well for you. And then just kind of tailoring your training that way and tweaking things along the way because we can't always do things the same. So we have to add in those different variables. Um, and you're not going to be someone who's going from running like three days a week all the way up to five or six. That's just not going to be smart. We want a slow, gradual build. Um, but for most athletes, I would say a good, you know, two to six months. That's probably the majority of our athletes. That's when you, you're you going to start to see those negative um, impacts from not resting enough. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I know we talk a lot. Um, so far about the importance of rest and, you know, training specifically for yourself. But the biggest thing here is like the whole concept of a cutback week and like, what exactly is it? Um, and why it's important. So a cutback week is essentially, you know, you're in the middle of a marathon training cycle. Let's say you got, you know, a 16 week cycle. And the idea is that in those, you know, 12 weeks of building or 13 weeks of building, you know, you're going to have, you know, every three weeks, so maybe like four times within that build, you're going to have a cut back week. And so a cut back week is where you're going to cut your mileage back. So you're going to do less. Um, your long run's not going to exceed 90 minutes. You're going to do significantly less mileage during the week, and you might not do any workouts that whole week. Um, and I think this concept it seems to be foreign for a lot of people, which is crazy because it's like a cornerstone of like all of the plans that we ever build. Um, but it, it seems to be something that isn't widely talked about or maybe even practiced, um, within the sport of running. Cause I think so often people like to get into that like flatline mode. Um, and so, you know, it, it's almost similar. Like we don't I know if you listen to this podcast, you probably know, you know, not all of your runs should be at the same pace, right? Like we're not going the same pace every single day. Um, the best way to train is to polarize your training. So we're keeping the hard days really hard. Um, and we're doing the easy days super easy so that it allows your body to recover from those, you know, quality workouts and, um, you know, stimulate a stress response so that your body gets stronger over time. So a cutback week is basically the same thing on a macro level. So on a micro level is like the day-to-day work of like the workout, then the recovery, workout, recovery. So when we're talking on macro level, we're talking about, okay, you had just had three weeks of solid training, solid workouts, you know, 20 days straight of workout, rest, workout, rest, workout, rest, long run, workout, rest. And it's just, it's a lot on your body. Um, So after those two or three weeks, we're going to have one week Dedicated to just easy because that allows your body to recover from the macro level stress, um, and so though that is really important to build into your training cycle uh, because you know you are recovering from those workouts on the day to day, but it is important to recover from the workouts on like those weekly um, building cycles because when you're building, you're building those line runs. You know, you're on from 16, 18, 20. Um, we can't just keep building on top of that, we have to allow a rest period, um, within those weeks for your body to kind of have a chance to recover, rebuild the muscles, and then have enough energy to continue and build again. And so, you know, maybe what it would look like is you're doing 30 miles, 33 miles, 36 miles. And then on that, uh, fourth week, you're going to do a cutback maybe to 25 miles. Um, So you're going to see kind of like, what's the average of the last three weeks that I just did? Um, And within that, I think we were about at 33 miles and you're just going to do, you know, between 80 to 70% of what you were doing. Um, And that's also going to vary, you know, like if you haven't taken a cutback week in three months um, and you decide, oh, I'm going to do one right now, um, maybe you're going to cut back a little bit more drastically. And it just really depends. So if you're taking a cutback week, like every other week or like every 10 days, every 15 days you might be able to get away with um, less of a cutback just because you're not recovering from as much of a load. Whereas if you only take a cutback every four weeks or five weeks, we're going to have it be a little bit more extreme. Um, And again, the reason for that is that macro stress. Um, And so Jason, do you have people who, kind of don't really notice it within their plan. And then they'll be like, why am I not running long this week? Or like, why is my mileage lower this week? Cause that seems to be the comment that I get a lot, um, where this, this topic kind of comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I guess, you know, it's not like widely known or widely accepted, um, about this cutback week. And it's like an educational moment for, you know, everyone involved just to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing this because it's cutback week. And so sometimes I'll even label it in training peaks. Um, that. So do you, do you think that a lot of runners practice this or how do you feel about this topic?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I personally also like to label it in training peaks more for my own sake. So I make sure that I don't overload an athlete. Um, you know, I'll, a a lot of the athletes that I coach are probably somewhere between the 20 to 30 mile a week range. I think that's fairly common, you know, let's say one to two rest days a week. And so Um, you know, the cutback may only look like three or four miles less than a traditional week. Um, so that just might be a long run that's two miles shorter. Um, sometimes what I'll do is maybe, um, you know, label it differently. So instead of a long run, I might put on there like a slight progression for five or six miles instead of like a long run of seven or eight. Um, so just things like that, I may... I may still offer a workout that week just so it doesn't look like a huge cutback so that they still feel like they're getting, you know, quality training in and a chance to improve their fitness. Um, during like a marathon build-up, though, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to get into this about long runs, but the the big thing here would be just um, maybe again, only, only having those really long runs sprinkled in. So I'm not going to do like 14, 16, you know, 17 and... It it might look a little bit more like high, low, or high, it might be like a build high than cutback, stuff like that. So I think that, you know, when you're talking about a marathon training cycle, your total mileage um, is going to look a bit different because we have to get those longer runs in. So yeah, you may see a significant number of um, weeks where the mileage looks a lot lower. So I think those tend to stand out more. Uh, But during those weeks, I'm still trying to supplement with a, a good solid workout just because you know, I, I want to keep the, the intensity there a little bit. I want, I want there to be some sort of threshold component or at least marathon pace work during that week.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And there are a lot of different ways to do these cutback weeks. Like you were kind of saying, you know, sometimes it looks more like every other week a long run. So, you know, one week you might be doing your classic marathon long run of, you know, 16 miles. um, And the next week it's almost always going to be less than 90 minutes. And so the idea is that we're not building every single week. And we're going to allow time for your body to have those adaptations and not overload you. Um, One thing that I like to do within a marathon training cycle is... I don't like to do more than two weekends back to back of long runs that are, you know, longer than 2 hours. Um that's just something that I found doesn't really work well for me if, you know, I'm doing 3 weeks consecutively of building a long run. Um my body typically just can't bounce back to do a quality session and it just becomes too much of a load. And so you know, every, everyone's training cycle is going to look different and everyone kind of has what works for them. And there's sometimes some trial and error that goes into building a training plan, but there's just more than one right way to do it. But a cutback is definitely an essential part of a marathon training cycle. Um, do you think that most people that, you know, you know, at your level or just friends that, you know, within the running community, do these cutback weeks. Um, and maybe they don't even do it like consciously because their body starts to like ask for a break. Um, you know, and what will happen if you don't do a cutback week?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, a lot of runners who are you know even at at my level or ahead of me you know their their cutback weeks may may only be like a 10 mile long run on the weekend where as you, you know you you'll see their long runs they're usually longer like 12 14 16 18 but they're not doing them you know as frequent as we th- would think they're they're still cutting back um and I still think that yeah I just think that that gives them a chance to like you said bounce back and feel feel good for the next build up um the following week and it allows them to maybe You know have a quality session that week so they're not feeling tired and run down so um it kind of just goes back to the stress plus rest equation like you need to allow that time for your body to adapt before you start to add another variable and increase
0: yeah and i think there can be you know a lot to be said about resting and cutting back before you feel like you absolutely need to, because you never want to be in like a situation where you're just, your body's screaming at you, be like, no, no, like we need to take time off. You'd rather take it before you really feel like you need to, because once you start to feel like you really need to take the time off and you need a break, um, the break that you're probably going to give yourself is not going to be enough. And so, The biggest thing here is just trusting the training. And so I used to hear that phrase, you know, years back and think, I don't know what that means. Like, is this like a, you know, faith thing? Like, how do you trust a training? But that's what it means. So you're taking a rest day and you're taking these cutback weeks, even though you feel like you could run on your rest day physically. You know, you want to wake up on your rest day and feel like if you had to, or if it was available to you, you, you could physically run. Um, you don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so trashed. I absolutely need this rest day. That's not really how you should feel. Same with when you get to the cutback week. You, I mean, you shouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I was never going to be able to run, you know, the X miles this week. Anyways, I absolutely needed this cutback week. You're probably going to arrive at your cutback week feeling pretty good, um, but the idea is that we're recovering from the stress before it completely drowns us. Um, and most people really aren't in tune with their body enough to know that, you know, they need to rest before they feel that can catastrophic, like oh my gosh, I I'm done running, sort of thing. Um, and then another thing to be said is sometimes when you get into a workload. When you're working really, really hard, um, you know, this is the same thing that happens sometimes if you get sleep deprived. So maybe you get like six hours of sleep, you know, a couple days in a row, but you don't ever really feel tired until later, like after you crash. And so sometimes people will run on adrenaline and so they'll be like on an adrenaline high and they'll be working on this, you know, adrenaline and all this, all these other hormones. Um, but they don't actually have the rest that they need. And so what we definitely don't want to happen is for someone to be riding an adrenaline high and just and pushing their body past what they normally would do because of adrenaline and all these stress hormones. Um, and then they reach a point, you know, at the end of a month and just like totally crash and burn or get sick. Um, because sometimes when you are on those, you know, adrenaline highs for a couple of days, you you're you can really like... Get yourself into a situation where you added a lot of stress on your body um, and then you're going to need an excessive amount of rest. Have you ever had in your life like a period where you're kind of running on an adrenaline high and then all of a sudden you crash or you needed time off? Um, One thing that comes to mind is like, you know, after giving birth, like that definitely happens because it's like, oh, I don't need to sleep for a full week. And then all of a sudden, like you just totally crash um, the same can be said for, you know, I've had weeks of training where the same thing happens or we've done night races before and you wake up the next day and you feel, oh, I feel great. Like, ah, like you're, cause you're still almost like on that high um, and you do your recovery run 12 hours later, you feel great, but it's not till like two days later where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. And so what we really want to happen is to make sure we're not getting in those situations where stress is piling on top of each other Um, because that's definitely going to be harder to recover from. Um, So how does the human physiology work when it comes to recovery? And why is it important to take these rest days on like a physiological level?
1: Yeah, like what you were saying with the whole stress thing and running on adrenaline, like you can only do that for so long. So what we want to do is allow our body the chance to, um, you know, rest and recover and help restore glycogen storages in our muscles, so that we can prepare for, you know, harder sessions in the in the upcoming weeks, or that next week. So. I think um, a, time, a another example that comes to mind for me would be like after wrapping up a vacation, right? Like if you, let's say the week leading up to vacation, you have a lot going on with like work and family priorities and you have to like get all that done. And then you're, with travel, sometimes that affects your sleep because you got to be up early and then you go on your vacation. And then when you get home, you just feel um, you're running on adrenaline that whole week, but now you need, you need um, a chance to recover and cut back. And you may not even have been running that much while you're gone, but when you get back, if you start running right away, um, without having, you know, being caught up on sleep, that's not good either. So I think that recognizing when the other um, stressors in your life are kind of piling on and using that as a chance for a down week could benefit you. Um, because you know, life, life's crazy sometimes, especially with this year, 2020, with everything that's happened. um, you know there's going to be those weeks where you have more time and more energy and that's one thing i've noticed about some of my athletes they're doing a good job of communicating that to me um you know a week when they're not going to be working as much and so we try to really target those weeks and try to have them be a little bit higher volume or intensities at least so um yeah i think just listening to your body and um the other thing is kind of the mental benefit about it like you know allowing your chance to recharge during the down week so that you feel like running isn't such a chore. You know, maybe you get an extra rest day, maybe your runs are shorter, so you only have to be out there for 30 minutes instead of, you know, your 45 to 50 minute runs. Um, You know, just those little things to help you get out the door and get it done. Um, And then, you know, especially with, you know, heat to running in the heat, that's another thing that we've talked about in the past, how much that can affect us. So I think that that's super important to not overload during those hot weeks. So if you're going to have a week where it's literally 90 to hundred every day, you know, that could be a good week for a down week as well.
0: Right. And a lot of that kind of goes back to, you know, on that individual level. And <clears throat> I know we talked about like the adrenaline high and all that stuff. And it took me a really long time to realize that Sometimes those periods of the most stress in your life, you sometimes feel really good on your runs. And so one thing that I've had to learn over the years, which is really hard, um, but advice I would give to anyone is like, don't rely on how you feel on your runs. Um, Always think logically about what's going on in your life. So if you are feeling really good, um, during one week. And, you know, on your plan, it says, you know, you're running 40 miles this week and you're just like feeling amazing and you want to add on more and you want to do more and all this stuff. And you feel like it's too easy, but also at the same time, like you have a lot of this life stress going on. Um, what could be happening is that you could be using running as like an outlet and really pushing yourself harder than you really need to. Um, and sometimes there's like an emotional connection with running, and so definitely just thinking about things logically when you feel emotional impulses when it comes to your running. Because a lot of the times, um, runners do really get emotionally involved with their running. Um, I know I have, where you're just you really want to hit your goals, and it's really important to you, and you put a lot of time and energy into it. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you might feel really good or feel really bad, and so you take that to heart and you kind of like will reflect. Use that as a how you're gonna approach your training, but I always like to think about it as okay, what do you have going on this week outside of running and just figuring out making sure you're not stressing yourself in whatever way that's gonna be. So, if you have a very busy week with you know work and stress and meetings and travel. Um, it's probably not going to be the best week to do like your peak marathon training. And so that week of stress, it's going to work well to have a cutback week. Um, and it's, going to be tempting maybe for some people to do more than they should that week. Um, but really just trying to approach it logically and just say, no, this is my cutback week. Like these are stressful times and reminding yourself like, no, I'm actually under a lot of stress right now. Um, I shouldn't be using running as, you know, like some sort of outlet or whatever it is. Um, and just making sure that you stay true to that training plan and trusting the training And you're going to be feeling good for a lot longer um, doing it that way than kind of using how you feel on any given day to, you know, approach your running. Um, And then just coming on to the next thing, I get this question a lot. You know, this maybe isn't pertaining to specifically to you know cut back weeks or rest weeks or whatever but it's in the topic of recovery and making sure your body has that total recovery um what is the difference between a rest day and an easy day and cross training like how do you know which one you should be doing um, on any given day and what is the benefit of a complete rest day versus you know going on a short three mile run
1: yeah, this is a great question. It's going to depend, I think, on how frequently you're talking about taking those rest days. So, you know, if you're taking like two a week, I think that, sure, on one of those days, you can supplement with some cross-training. You know, active recovery is still giving the body a break. It's using the muscles differently than than with running. We know there's a different level of impact on the load, on the muscles. So, um, But I wouldn't just... I wouldn't jump to strength training or cross training every single time you have a rest day scheduled. I wouldn't do that. I'd allow your body the complete rest day. Um, so if you're talking about just penciling in one rest day every three weeks during a cutback week or whatever, I would take it as a complete rest day. If you're someone that only runs four days a week and you have three other days, you know you don't need to have three complete rest days. You could do some of that other cross training um, one to two days a week and get your heart rate elevated a little bit. And um, so I think that you just have to think about what you 've done in the past, and just slowly add add a little bit to it
0: right, so rest days are really important, and I think a lot of people should be taking more rest days than they think they should. You know I know sometimes people will be like well i didn 't have time to run more than like three miles a couple of days this week, and now I finally have time, but it 's honestly better to take a rest day sometimes than to run every single day during the week, um, especially for a lot of athletes who haven 't been running for you know decades. Uh, What will end up happening is that every time you run, there's like micro tears that happen to your muscles um, and everything. And it it takes a period of time for your body to recover from that. Um, And people who are used to running every day or five days a week or whatever, your body learns over time like that it needs to recover within 24 hours. It becomes faster, more efficient at recovery. Um, So the recovery time for those muscle tears and all that stuff, It takes you know 24 hours whereas someone who hasn't been running for a very long time or you know it's like they can't have that same turnaround as someone else Um, and so it's really important to not overload the muscles and sometimes it's better just do five miles the one day instead of breaking it up doing two and a half two and a half Um, just because having that rest day allows your bones allows your muscles to recover Um, and a lot of times what you see with like people who have stress fractures or stress reactions it's the result of doing too much and sometimes that is running too frequently because if you have too many days where you're not resting it can be a lot of extra stress on your bones on your ligaments on everything um and taking that complete rest day allows your body to kind of reset not have that stress of the pounding and the pounding on the joints um and again on a macro level so let's say you're someone who likes to run 7 days a week well giving yourself the one rest day on the full week scale, it allows your body to have that one day to recover from that macro level of stress of, you know, the seven, the six days prior that you were running. Um, and so a lot of people, they get caught up in those run streaks. They think, oh, I'm just going to do, you know, one mile this day or two miles on my quote unquote rest day. And they can be fun. You know, run streaks can be fun, but you really have to think of like, what is the purpose and what is my overall goals with my running? You know, there becomes a point where, you know, risk first reward, uh, I I like to run for performance purposes. That's like one of my biggest motivations. And another one is I want to run for as long as possible and to have like a healthy body, all those sort of things. Um, When I see people who get caught into a run streak or I personally have been in a run streak, what ends up happening is my mindset shifts more towards like an obsessive, like OCD sort of running. Oh, I can't take a rest day. And so, I like to think of health as a full picture. And so, when you get caught up in the trap of, I can't take a rest day, um, that can actually, in and of itself, be extremely unhealthy. And a lot of people don't want to admit that because, health, because running is a healthy activity by default. Uh, but when you get caught in a mindset of, you literally cannot take a rest day, that is very unhealthy and that's not healthy. Attitude to have towards (laughs) any activity, especially running. Um, and you don't wanna you don't wanna go down that path um and turning something that is healthy into something that's unhealthy. Because what if you were to get to a point where you know you don't feel good, you have a little bit of a sore throat, um, maybe like your calf feels a little weird, you're gonna be more inclined to not take that rest day because they're quote unquote off limits for you Um, than just you take the one day off and then you'll be back to running, no problem. The same thing kind of goes for like diet, right? So if you say, I'm not going to eat any sweets ever, um, sweets are completely off limits, you're probably gonna be more likely to have like a binge of, oh my gosh, I'm gonna eat a whole thing of Oreos, rather than someone who's like, you know, whenever I see sweets, I'll have you know a bite or I'll have it in moderation. Um, those people tend to be more successful because they view it as like a lifestyle of how they're gonna maintain it for the rest of their life. Whereas if you approach something like, I'm going to do a run streak, it's almost like you're just, you're doing it for a short period of time. It's almost short-term thinking. So I like to think, you know, is this an attitude I'm going to be able to have when I'm 85, 90, whatever years old. And I still want to be running if, you know, I, if I still can or whatever. And the answer is no, I, I don't think, you know, if I was 70, i I would be able to approach running with the mindset of I have to run every single day. It's a run streak. Um, so that's why I try not to have those attitudes now because it's a lifelong sport and you know, you have to think of what are my, my goals. And some people, like they don't wanna be running their whole life, so that's totally fine. Maybe your goal is I wanna run a ton right now just because it's like, whatever. <laughs> like, your motivations are different. Um, but just thinking about those things and then setting personal goals for yourself uh so Jason what about you like what are some of your goals and how come you are someone who advocates you know running more of like every other day or a couple of days a week um for someone who is as fast as you are you know 15 something 5k uh and you've been running for you know several several decades now uh, how do you not get caught up in like the mindset of oh I have to run forty miles a week or there's no point or oh I have to run x amount of miles because I know your mileage can shift so much like one day you might run just like or one week you're doing like ten the next week it's you know twenty or whatever um, you don't feel like you need to run a certain amount of mileage per week or a certain amount of days per week. you just kind of have a more relaxed approach to that and I think a lot of people could maybe learn from your approach. Um, so how do you kind of view your running and how do you stay motivated and in shape over the course of, you know, 20 years, um, with that sort of approach where you're not obsessive?
1: Yeah. I think what you said earlier stands out for me as well. The, the fact that you, you run not only for performance measures, but because you want to be a lifelong runner and you want to, you know, you want to stay healthy and be able to do this long term um you know and a performance measure for me might be one year it might be look like a sub 17 5k and another year it might look like a sub 16 it just kind of depends on the shape i'm in kind of the winter i've had what else is going on as far as you know work-life balance and stressors in my life and how much time i feel i, I want to allocate to running um you know this year it's been a bit different with the whole uh, races being canceled so i haven't felt the need to maintain a certain number of mileage each week i just kind of do run off a of feel and you know, I've been incorporating more more bike rides instead of um, so many runs. But um, I would say if I'm healthy, I, I do like to try to maintain, you know, like around that 30 miles a week range with one rest day. And, um, you know, I don't really run much over eight miles for a long run. I just I feel like that's kind of the way to, for me to stay healthy. Um, and I was healthy for a good portion of 2020 doing that, I think, for about 12 weeks until I, I ran too many um, fast intervals and then did a race to 5k. But I think that, um, just knowing your body and kind of knowing what's, what's best for you. And, um, you know, if you're someone that is scared to kind of take a rest day, I would just challenge you to remind yourself, like, what's, what's going to happen when you do, um, how are you going to feel about it? Not just that day or the next day, but like a month later. Um, and like you said, you're, once you take it once, it's going to be easier to do it again and again. And if something does flare up, like you're starting to be sick or something's bothering you, you're much more likely then to, to rest, which is actually setting you up for better health going forward. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think that for most people, we should at least rest once a week um, and possibly more than that.
0: Yep, that's a good point. And I think even for me, you know, it seems like I I like to get caught up in that trap of seven days a week running. Um, You know, especially when it's nice weather like it is now. It's like, well, why couldn't I just like go out for an easy three? Because every time I do have a rest day, I feel fine. I feel great. Um, And I know just based on my history and my past, once I do it once, uh, it's going to be really hard for me to like break that streak. So pretty much every week I'm just like, no, don't do it. Um, And then it doesn't become an issue. So if you're someone who likes to push the envelope or just gets caught up in kind of that more of like an obsessive mindset, just setting those limits for yourself and and knowing kind of what they are and how you can be in control of that. Uh, But if you're someone who doesn't have an issue with that, then maybe just focusing on setting other goals like... I'm going to get out there five days this week or whatever it might be. Um, But it is good to have every single week. I think it's great to know what your mileage goal is for the week. Um, It can be flexible. And then just be able to map that out. I think that's one of the most important things because sometimes I think people are just kind of floating out there. They don't, they don't really know. And, and you might accidentally have a week where you're doing too much because you're running more off of feel. And so it's just really important to be more consistent. And the biggest thing that improves your running actually over time is that consistency. So, you know, it's, it's almost better to be more consistent with running, you know, 20, 30 miles a week, um, every single week or whatever, then it would be to run one week of 50, then drop down to 10 and then 40 and then 12 or whatever. You know, it's better to be more consistent with what you're doing um, and find a sweet spot for you than it is to be all over the map. Um, so that's just one takeaway here. And so I just would like to reopen up kind of what a cutback is. So again, you're going to be cutting your mileage back um, by 20 to 30% every two to four weeks within a marathon training cycle. Um, During that cutback week, you might only be doing easy running with some strides. You're probably not gonna do a lot of hard workouts. You're not gonna do a long run that's over 90 minutes. It's just a way for your body to recover from the macro stress that you've done over the course of the previous four to two weeks um, of building. Um, and that's really important for everyone to incorporate into any training cycle that you do. Um, and it's just a way that you can really reach your potential in the sport. So if you have any questions or you want to see maybe what a free week of training would look like working with a coach and getting workouts that are really specific to you, um, we would love to chat with you and hear from you. So if you fill out the form at www run for PRs.co. We can get you set up right away with a free week of training. Um, So if you ever have any curiosity of what that might look like, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks.